Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Will and Dave Show. Uh, just a quick little content advisory. We're going to be talking about the pandemic and some of its effects on small businesses and people. We may touch on a couple of other related topics that have been in the news lately, um, including the school down in Kamloops. So we just want you guys to be aware of that as we get into the show. Welcome to the Will and Dave Show. Hey, Will. Hey, Dave. How's it going? It's another day. Not another dollar, but another day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you were fighting with your camera until about three minutes before the show tonight? Yes. It's still not working, ideally, but it'll do. You may or may not have said some words which would get us (laughs) kicked off of YouTube. That's why I didn't say them on YouTube. (laughs) I saved those for Facebook. There you go. (laughs) They got to enjoy my wrath. They did. Um, so what's new? You're in Fort St. John. Uh, yes, I'm back in Fort St. John. I've been back now for about two weeks. Um, I'm actually working with one of the gentlemen that we're going to have on the show tonight. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. Still trying to figure out how to do this in my tiny little, uh, space, but we'll, we'll get it figured out. So I heard you may or may not have, a have got there in time for snow in May. I haven't. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that's normal. It's May long weekend. It's that, that didn't May even register weekend. on the radar. Have to have snow. Yeah, snow on May long. It has to snow. Yeah. Or I mean, May long weekend. It has to snow. It's, it's a given. Well, since it snowed there, maybe we should warm some folks up. Oh yeah. If you want to get warmed smooth up, smooth segue. That was a that was a smooth segue. You caught me by surprise. It was so smooth. <laughs> if you want to get warmed up, metaphorically speaking, that's right. You know in your heart, you can support us by going to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Will and Dave show. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can support us in uh, building the show. That's right. And it's only five bucks. So yeah. And jumping off from that one, we have one other supporter who's near and dear to your heart. I would and hope even, yours too. Even more. Ne- I was getting there even more <laughs> near and dear to my heart. And that is Stitched by Susan. Hi, I'm Susan. I think that in all the world, there's nothing quite like the coziness of a handmade quilt. So I'm on a mission to spread that love as far and wide as I can. If you're a quilt maker, I offer long arm quilting services and I accept work from anywhere in North America. If you already know how to make quilts and you want to learn how to machine quilt them yourself, I have a number of classes and lots and lots of tutorials available that can help you with that. And if you don't want to do any of those processes, you just want to go straight to having the quilt with no delay, I do have a number of fully completed quilts available for sale as well. So details on all of those things can be found on my website, www.stitchedbysusan.com. Well, I've got to get back to quilting, so I'm going to let you get back to the Will and Dave show. Enjoy. And just in case you guys are curious, you can listen to Susan on her new podcast, which is mm-hmm. Measure Twice, Cut Once. Yeah. And you know, the old carpenter's motto applies yeah. to sewing as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of fun stories there. So you guys should check her out on all mm-hmm. the usual platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and all, all the weird jazz. ones too. I think she's on about 18 different platforms as they stick mm-hmm. them everywhere. So it's a lot of fun. So William, we were here without you a few weeks ago 
and yes. we had Mallory and Tim on, and it was a lot of fun. I got to wear my foil hat, <laughs> my antennae, antennae. You'll probably get to wear it again today. Don't worry. I kept it handy because I'm pretty sure I'm going to wear it tonight. Um, yeah. And you were not able to be a part of the conversation. And we no, re- no. So I, I've come back tonight for my thrashing. Well, we wanted you to be able to hopefully do some thrashing, but I'm not going to lay any money on you because some of it's Let, hard to defend. Yeah, well, let's assume let's assume that I I wanted to thrash back on some of the topics that you guys brought up during the podcast because I've listened to it. I listened to it again just this afternoon, just to kind of as a refresher. Yeah. And honestly, I, I I don't. Even if I I could feasibly hit back to to Mallory and Tim, I, I don't really need to because I don't disagree with most of the points they brought up. My perspective is a little bit different. It's from a different angle. Um, right. But I don't uh, I don't really harshly disagree with much that they had to say, honestly. So without further ado, we want to bring back Mallory and Tim. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey. How are you yeah. doing? Happy Memorial Hi. Day weekend there, uh, David. Thank you. Yeah, you guys had your long weekend last weekend, and this is our long weekend. And I spent the day having a garage sale and sleeping. It sounds like a good day, honestly. <laughs> I'm jealous. So we were here a few weeks ago, and we were we were looking at the effects of COVID and the pandemic on your on your respective businesses, mm-hmm. and we left it realizing that we weren't all done with the conversation, that there was more to be said. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, well, your premier authorized her health, his health minister to, uh, to outline a plan uh, for, for normalcy, which we will get back to. Ha- haven't you heard, Dave? They're what? the health Gestapo now. Yeah, but I wasn't going to use that word. I was going to leave that for Tim because I'm sure he was keeping it in his back pocket. <laughs> but thanks, Will, for, for bringing it up. You're welcome. You're welcome. So what's new in your world, Tim? Well, I'm glad we actually are having the conversation um, this week versus last week, because we knew all along that we were going to have some kind of announcement from our provincial government on how we're going to have the restart the economy and how we're going to bring British Columbia and, and, and the country back to uh, a resemblance of norm of of a new of a new world, I guess is what I can say. But one of the, the, the biggest things that I see is that it's a little too late. Um, you go back to last year in March when this whole thing got kicked off in March of 2020. Um, small business took a hit right off the get go. Uh, we we felt it big time in, in uh, southern British Columbia. Um, people were kind of sequestering themselves to their homes. They weren't moving around. They weren't doing anything. And then it kind of relaxed a little bit. And now, just recently, I guess let me step back a bit, is that for us down here, the May long weekend is the the kickoff to summer. And it's it's kind of a an indicator of what the summer is going to look like for small business. Uh, since we rely on tourism as, as heavily as we do, this is a real a good in look at what, what the summer is going to be like. The unfortunate part is last year was horrible. 
This year is worse. And I'll tell you why is with the restrictions that the government put in where you weren't to travel, you weren't to come out of the lower mainland, you couldn't come into your different health zones. The people have stayed away in droves. Um, I've talked to a few other people and, and maybe let me refresh this is that I was the vice president of the chamber of commerce down here for uh, numerous years, couple of years, in fact, and talking to some of the, uh, uh, the camping outlets and, and the, the trailer, you know, the, the seasonal uh, cabin rentals and that type of thing. There was still occupancy available um, right up till Friday of the long weekend, which traditionally down here is absolutely unheard of. You just don't hear it. Um, occupancy was, I'm going to say, maybe 60% in a lot of the campsites. And it really, really had an effect. So then, lo and behold, Tuesday comes along and we are going to open the country up. Boy, I'll tell you, things are going to get better. We're going to bring back the economy and everything's going to go right back to the way it was. It's too late. I think the people have are, are going to stay home now. I don't think, well, we might get a little bit of a kick through July and August, but it's not We'll, ne we'll never make up for what we lost here in the last, uh, you know, six to eight weeks, that's for sure. So, so I do want to ask you about that. May long weekend, the reports in the news was they held off on on the opening up until after the May long weekend, as like it was on purpose, as they didn't want a big rush on campsites. They didn't want people going out and doing stuff. Is that what you guys up there, oh. you believe or no? Um, I, I don't know, Dave. They, to me, I've got my own, my own thoughts and beliefs of what, what it is all about, but it's certainly. Okay. Go ahead and go. say your own, your own thoughts and beliefs. I'm protected now. I truly believe that it's, it's a way of, of, of busting small business. I really do. You know, you can't sit in a campsite because you're going to get infected. But I can go to Costco and Walmart with 200 people and I'm perfectly safe there. Like the, the logic doesn't make sense to me, guys. And please explain it to me differently because I'm old and, and OK, boomer, I guess, is my 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 uh, my generation. But it's the truth. Like I think about common sense. And it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, Will, why don't you come back on that a bit? Or, or is there any comeback from um, left of center from hearing that? What is your response when you hear them say, just make some sense to me? For the most part, um, I'm actually right with Tim. I think that the allowance of, of big stores to be open to function, for the most part, I mean... Using Ontario as an example, they've kind of crippled most big businesses as much as they can without drastically interfering with people's ability to access necessities. But there haven't been allowances made for small businesses who don't have the massive amount of resources that these big businesses have to you know, provide all the safety infrastructure that the government wants. You know, buying buttloads of masks, extra staff to clean, extra everything to, to, to manage it all. And so whether they actively shunned 
the small businesses or just left them by the wayside, the effect is kind of the same where small businesses are getting crapped on right. and, and large stores are relatively fine because everyone still needs to buy toilet paper and everyone still needs to buy food and, and you know, the necessities of life. And the easiest place for most people to go is big stores. So what's to do in your world, Mallory? And how has this whole thing as a recap, how has it, has it affected your business? Well, I, I, before we get into that, I just wanted to say that uh, I had a great weekend camping last weekend. Uh, went out Friday night, stayed right till Monday uh, in a campsite. Uh, we were allowed three trailers, a maximum of 10 people, and we complied all except for one night where some family showed up. Except as I looked, as I drove around the trailer park, they were just... Dozens of people congregated in campsites with multiple units, and um, it was it was. Uh, and I haven't heard of a um, I haven't heard of an outbreak yet. Maybe maybe it happened, but we had a great time. And as much as I would love to come down to the shoe swap and do the same thing, we we did it here, and uh, uh, we had a great time. Uh, my business my business is running. My business is operating. Uh, we have some challenges that are not so much COVID related. And yet saying that um, one of my employees called me and wasn't feeling well and thought he should be tested. So he, he informed me that he would uh, go get his test and, and then he'd be to work right as soon as the test was over. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 you, you probably shouldn't do that. If you feel bad enough to be tested, you better wait until you get your results, which turned out to be negative, And we had a productive week and everything was fine. So COVID did uh, show up at our shop this week. Uh, it didn't stick around. So, so let yeah, me go back to that, though, Will or Mallory. So it showed up at your shop, or the they were afraid it was COVID and it showed up. Oh yeah, no. we were I, concerned I, that it might be. Right, but they caught it over the long weekend, so it wasn't a concern of him catching it in the shop, so much as he wanted to make sure that he wasn't bringing it to the shop. Right. But as so, he showed up at the shop, he would have brought it with him when he showed up and said, I'm not feeling well. No, he didn't yes. come in. He, he called in. Oh, okay. He, he well, called he in. Called in but he, so can I ask what, cool. the, what you didn't feel well? What were, what were the symptoms? Did he have a runny nose or did he have a cough or, or what, what was the deal? You, if you went down that, syst- that list of the employee checklist, he probably had about four of them, five of them. They were yeah. a cough. Uh, that developed on you know the one morning where he's feeling a little uh, scratchy throat and <laughs> the something that you so, and I went to work with every day. Well, I was just going to say that to David. If you would have phoned me up when you were employed with me and you said I got a scratchy throat and I got a bit of a cough, I got to go get tested, and I would have said for what your mental health or what? Because are you nuts? <laughs> well, I do recall a story, and I'm going to throw one out here, where I hit a moose in my van. I'm at, I am at the hospital in emergency, and you call me on my cell phone. And this was back in the days when you got a, when you got a call on cell phone. It cost about $437 a minute. And you phoned Canadian, me. Canadian, Canadian, David. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah. And you phoned me and said, hey, Dave, where are you? And I said, I'm at the hospital. I hit a moose. I'm getting my hand looked at because I had a bunch of glass in it. The words out of your mouth, well, how soon can you be here? <laughs> so, no, I don't think I would have gotten any COVID mm, sympathy capitalism. from Tim Van and Hoovel. 
I don't know. I that's a good story, and it's one that I've uh, maybe not so proud of it at my age, but I'll, I'll relate it back as stress back in the day. It was yeah, stress from working story. with me. Might not have been good a good thing, but it was a, it's a good story now. There you go. Yeah. Like, so like let, can I can I bring up another? And I and this kind of relates to Mallory because it it kind of works into the small business that my son-in-law and daughter were working on down here and they're wanting to, I guess, diversify a little bit to try and bring in some more revenue from, from different revenue streams other than just, you know, the little grocery store and stuff. So they're trying to put in a, uh, a bit of a storage facility for, um, uh, for boats and RVs or whatever. So we've been going through quite a bit of uh, bureaucracy, red tape, uh, governmental issues or whatever. And one of the things that I found out that was really, I've heard, I've known for some time, but Mallory, when you're building trusses, do you follow the BC building code of standards? Is there a standard way that you have to build your trusses or whatever? Yes, there is. Yeah. And it's based yeah. on snow load. It's based on where you, where you're living, the, the, the type of roof design or whatever. Am I correct in saying that, that it's an engineered type, um, stamped drawing that you would get. That's that's correct. Yep. And then yep. you would take that to the regional district, and they would say, "Yes, we approve of this." Stamp, stamp, stamp. You can start building. Am I correct? Uh, on the trusses, for sure. Yes. Maybe not the rest of the structure, but on the trusses, yes. So, do you know that in this little part of the world, in this little wonderful <laughs> oasis of what they call the the Columbia Shoe Swap Regional District, that they do not have to follow the BC Building Code of Standards. They follow oh. their own set of rules. They have made their yeah. own set of rules. Where in BC Building Code, and I'm just taking per se here, that if you are grease the right pockets here, you can get it done. We have a building that has, and I'm going to say they're they're ten foot beams. They're they're beams every ten feet, okay, with an engineered stamp with the snow load with everything that's on there. That got not approved by a Canadian engineering firm, but the guy down the street who builds buildings and has them on twelve foot centers, he can get those approved. Where where's the logic there? Oh, logic doesn't play into this. <laughs> they, they, you know how they have um, the Emergency Measures Act that plays so much into the COVID uh, powers. But well, we're still at the on same that. Time, uh, yeah, well, at the same time, you have um, the authority having jurisdiction or the jurisdiction having authority uh, is what is it. And so what they do um, is they provide a a regional district to have authority to make certain calls that they feel are more appropriate to their geographical area. We're running into this up here as well. And um, there really was a, a, an effort made by the provincial government to standardize not just the building code, but the interpretation of the building code. And, um, but it's so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. The interpretation. Now there's a, there's a perfect yeah. word. Yeah, because in the Columbia shoe swap here, 
did you know that the bylaw officer who comes and knocks on your door or says, I'm going to do this, he can interpret that law any which way he sees fit. Is it the same yep. up there? Absolutely. And yet, then you have to challenge what? it. Then you have to challenge it. Well, yeah. let me take it one step further. Are my son-in-law and daughter, they did challenge it. Having to pay a lawyer $1,000 an hour to take the CSRD on. Now, this is the other thing. It comes down to accountability. Not only do I live in this area and I have to pay land taxes, but we also had to pay a lawyer to prove a point that they didn't even know their own bylaws and how to read them and how to, to enforce them correctly. We won the lawsuit. We did. But there's no accountability. Now, in any no. other small business, there would be accountability. And I would say, you know what, Mallory, so-and-so did something wrong. We can't do this. We're going to have to do that. And we're going to send him to a, a refresher school. Here, governmental agency doesn't freaking matter. No one says anything. No one gets a slap on the wrist. No one gets anything. And we move on from this. But I had to pay for my own taxes to fight myself, plus had to get a lawyer involved. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like small business. And, and, and this is the thing that, that I see again and, and go back to what we said a lot, two weeks ago is the problem that I see is that when I was in business, started my first business when I was 21 years old, the, the whole thing was, is all you have to do is work hard, put in the hours and you'll get ahead. And it, that was a pretty easy formula. But now we're dealing with COVID protocol. We're dealing with governmental issues. We're dealing with bureaucracy. We're dealing with crooked government and bureaucracy as well. At least I said to my kids here the other day, I says, Jesus, we should move to Mexico for the simple fact that at least I know the whole government's crooked there and I know how much money I have to pay here. I got a guess. So, so I want to, I want to come back on this because number one, I don't want you to get in trouble, Tim. So, <laughs> but when we talk about, and a good segue there is a COVID protocols. So in the U.S., I don't know about in B.C., but in the U.S., there's not a whole lot of interpretation with COVID protocols as they are so, so over the top that basically you wear a body condom and you're good to go. Other than that, you know, you're not good to go. Like, it's pretty strict. So there's not a whole lot of interpretation on the COVID protocols here in the States. But this is the problem again, like we're leaving the door wide open interpretation. I can interpret something differently than Will will, or that you will, or that Mallory will. If there's a set of rules to follow, then everybody should be trained on those same set of rules. And, it, and this is what is so aggravating. Yep. Like, you know, why, why can't we not do that? So is, is the interpretation of the of the COVID protocols, are they also, is it random in your business, Mallory, as you've been inspected before for COVID, you've had a guy with COVID is the interpretation of how that works for you um, in your business. Is it also random? I, I don't know what really, what the question is, Dave, in, in there is, are well, the, is it open to interpretation? Well, sure it is. Oh, okay. I, I came on tonight with, with with a pair of pantyhose pulled over my head, and I comply with the BC rules because I just need a tightly woven fabric to cover my mouth, and it's completely ineffective. 
It doesn't work. We know that. Everyone around me would know that if I walked down the street like that. And yet it complies. And at the same William, time, William, you want to come in on that? I know you do. You're over there having heart palpitations. No, sorry, it, I didn't mean to. Yeah, it, there's 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 really no comeback to it. I I I sat down today because our church is opening up today, um, this weekend. Tomorrow they're going to have their first uh, in-person service in, in quite some time, and and the restrictions are are just unbelievable. And and so as I read them, you could be three meters, two meters, only one person can sing, everyone's got to wear masks, um, or a tightly woven fabric. Um, so you're going to show up at church with a pantyhose over your head? No, 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 I probably won't. But if I, I go did, to that I church. Would, yeah, if I did, I would comply. <laughs> But as I see some of the, that's the frustration is the fact that you don't, it's such a moving target. Uh, you try to comply, you may find you're failing at one, or you didn't have to do the other, or, and, so I get and quite frankly, I'm tired of people pulling my chain with the regulations. And so I'm just stepping back and saying, you know, I've got a business to run. I've got people who rely on my business to feed their families, to pay their rent, to buy their kids put them in dance class i'm i'm gonna look after them i you just have to you, you just have to buckle down that's what small business does i i just love because you're absolutely right tim what worked for our parents in their businesses does not work for you and i today and it certainly doesn't work for our children in their businesses because of regulation because of this covid thing and and the mis, mixed messages and what you can and can't do uh, it's just, it's incredibly, incredibly more uh, difficult than it was for our parents and, and a generation before is, us. Is that a Heil Hitler, William? Or No, that's raising my hand so I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I wanted to make a joke. I'm not actually uh, feeling like I need to interrupt like that. Um, oh, I lost I wanted to touch on, on two things quickly. Um, one is, is small and pedantic, and I admit that. There you go. Very... Uh, Fourth row. Actually, you know what? No, no, three things. We're gonna go three things. Three things. Uh, the first one, I want to uh, uh, come out of the gate with an apology. This is slightly off topic. Uh, I'm gonna get. I have my one swear word for the episode here. When I came out the other day, we, we the other episode when you guys were talking and you referenced my my reference to certain people as batshit crazy, uh, you were right to call me out on that, and I apologize <laughs> because that was not hyperbole, but definitely an overreaction on my part. So, sincerest apologies for that one. So, um, I have to say, before you continue, what yeah. did you say? Who did you say were batcha crazy? I forget. It, it was you and me were arguing about something, something COVID regulations. I think, no, I think it was vaccine related. I can't remember for sure. And I was like, anyone who thinks this is just batshit crazy. And you're like, well, you're related to a bunch of people. And Tim probably thinks that too. And I was like, well, I mean, I like Tim, but that particular thing that Tim thinks is batshit crazy. It was an overreaction, <laughs> and I admit that. Okay, I've known Tim um, for a lot of years. It's okay to call him batshit crazy because I think he is sometimes. I, so. Well, <laughs> you call him that. I'm, I'm trying to – I've been on this this train lately of really harping on people for, for overreacting and hyperbole and all these things, and that I was part of the problem that I have such a an so, issue with. So one of the areas which I look at – so here in the U.S., <clears throat> The floodgates are open. As soon as they relax you know, the mask mandate for the vaccinated people, it's sort of enforcement of masks 
is out the window as they can't, yeah. as they're not allowed to ask if you've been vaccinated or not. So yeah. it's gone. Nobody wears them anymore, except for those who wanted to, to in the first place. But it's interesting. In Canada, it's much more... There's a lot of hesitancy in moving ahead with any opening plan, even though you're there's about a there's a tenth of the people of what's in the US. You have way more land, so you're spread out way more. Mm-hmm. You guys are locked down through the teeth. Mm-hmm. Like a number of provinces are locked up. Mm-hmm. Where's that fear factor? And William, I want to get back and give you the opportunity to answer Mallory about the masks, as I know. You were jumping. You 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 wanted to say something really bad. So go ahead and say that because I've had that argument with you. The mask bit is is definitely me being persnickety or or, or pedantic. Uh, with the tightly woven fabric and with the masks, I think there's a a common misconception on the the specific purpose of the mask. The mask holds a very specific purpose, which is to limit the passage of droplets or large particulate. It's not. And it's not to limit what you inhale, it's to limit what gets out from you. So in that sense, pretty much any woven fabric does do the job of keeping spittle from going flying. Your breath still carries everything. Any airborne pathogen is still going to get through there or in through there. So as long as they don't, it's what I'm speaking moistly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's for the the pantyhose is a problem. They get moist fast. That's why I invest in, in thicker fabric. It has right. nothing to do with keeping out more gunk because without an actual airtight seal of some sort, your, your cloth mask isn't really doing much. It's it's purely for uh, large particles, spit, etc. That's its only purpose. And that's why the, 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 the thin fabric is, for all intensive purposes, fine. Um, that's just a... a like I say, it's it's a little thing. What about thing. Dr. Fauci wanting to go double masking? Yeah, yeah. How how can you? I, I don't understand. Like, it's not pedantic. It's it's either effective or it's not. It either stops. No, that, that's, the virus it's me being pedantic it. about like I'm splitting hairs on whether or not a mask is effective or not. I, I was getting very specific with its purpose. Your it, frustration is yeah. still very valid. I just felt like saying my little two cents. So the oh, can we bring up oh, yeah. my Facebook post, Dave? Yes, actually, I was just going to go there. This yeah, is Tim's this Facebook post this morning. Up. I'm, I can't read that. I'm too far away from my monitor. So pardon me as I lean in. So I'm Dave, get... maybe you can put the seg- segue into this. Is that that apparently um, the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine in Ontario and, and everywhere else is having issues that it's going to expire at the end of the month. And no one knew how they were going to get the, uh, the vaccine. There was what, 30,000 or 40,000. I, I don't know the exact number. So miraculously this morning, health Canada comes out and says, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll just extend the best before date and the, the expiration date on it for another month. So as it states in my, my Facebook post, it says, so explain this to me. The manufacturer has a best before expiration date, but now we can throw this to the wind. Like, Dave, you lost me there. I didn't see it. Oh, it gets here. I'm actually on the article now. Okay. But how is it in our little store, people are having a freaking come apart that 
they don't want to buy a bag of chips because they're a day over the expiration date. But we'll take a vaccine that's un, un well, I'm going to say experimental at its best. It's going to go past the manufacturer's expiration date. And we're okay with that now. Just go ahead and use it. So AstraZeneca, I want to give a little bit of clarification. It, of the four vaccines out there right now, it is the one that there are a lot of health professionals and a number of countries which have not approved it. The U.S., I believe, is one who just recently approved it. It was the, it was the last one that they approved because the, there are some serious health that just it, it. it upsets me to, to see that because, like I say, how, somebody logically tell me that as a kid, we were always told that, and it was pounded into your head that if you have any expired medications, don't take them, throw them out. They're no good. Like you got to do it. But this vaccine, it seems to have a, a shelf date that can continue. I don't know. William? I would, <clears throat> we're so into. Let's let, let only some things at William that he has not had any chance to, no, to prepare and, and for. So. You, the, the biggest one that we're going to get back, let science do the talking for you. I'm so tired of hearing that. Let science dictate on how we're going to do it. Science is going to get us through. Science will do this. Science will do that. I have, don't see any science in this AstraZeneca being safe for anybody after the expiration date. The manufacturer puts it on there for a reason, just like the chip company, Nally's and Old Dutch and Lay's, they put that on there. Whether it's because it's not good for you or whether it, it's not at its optimal taste or whatever it may be, there's a reason why there's expiration dates on it. There's expiration mm -hmm. dates on freaking cat food and dog food. You won't mm -hmm. feed it to your dog or your cat when that goes, but we'll take this vaccine. Okay, Will. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack. Um, and it's all, it's, it's a couple of things all tying together and it's all going to, it's, it's, it's going to get here eventually, I promise, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, first off to backtrack to the, to the, the statement that you guys made about how, how back in your parents day, it was a, a much different situation with owning a small business. Like you say, you work hard and you'll do well, um, from a non-business owner perspective, um, it's a, it's a, a similar feeling in the sense that back in our grandparents' time, if they worked 40 hours a week, they could afford a house, feed a family of four and own a vehicle, maybe even two, depending on the vehicles they owned quite comfortably without any post-secondary education. They could just go get a, a job and do that. Not the case anymore. And you guys talked about inflation in the previous episode, so I don't need to rehash that apart from to say, yes, inflation is bonkers and bogus. And anyone who says that inflation or wages are keeping up with inflation is wearing blinders. I don't know what else to say about that. And hey, Dave, we're going to have a, a weird little role reversal here. Okay. You can put your tinfoil hat on. Oh, gosh. This is, this is going to be weird. I, this is just my suspicion. This is, this is just the, the vibe that I'm picking up, right? When the whole COVID situation happened, I, I, I don't think that it was meant, or, or the, the lockdowns or any of these processes were meant to be exploitative. 
but I think it would be silly of me not to think that after a year of seeing these lockdowns, seeing how people react to lockdowns, seeing how governments react to lockdown, that there are not people pushing it in certain directions to make it harder or easier in certain places so that they can make a buck. These are the people who can go and buy properties down in the shoe swap like they're nothing. Or who can clean lots out of pickup like out of their pickup trucks. These are people who are buying things because no stimulus check or EI check is going to allow people to buy a pickup in this current economy or build a house or buy a house. You've got to be making buco bucks to pull that kind of stuff out of a hat. And so let me, uh, I don't I want to ask you before you continue on that. I, I do want to ask you. Yeah, so you're saying that this is a, or it could be, I'm going to say it could be a, an avenue for the rich to get richer. Yes, but I don't think that it's like some concerted effort by like a whole bunch of rich people. Like we're going to fleece the whole world. I think it's a whole bunch of rich people that are seeing the system and they're good at gaining a system to make money. Making money is what they're good at. But the general populace is going to suffer because of it. Whether that be, you know, how they may be like maybe the owner of Walmart. This is just hypothetical. I don't know anything about the owner of Walmart. I'm just using him as an example. So this is this is, this is all hearsay. Um, maybe the owner of Walmart's like, hey, I like it when all the little stores are closed and everyone has to come to my store in this little area, like say, say the town I'm in, kind of semi-rural. There aren't a lot of other options within driving distance. So if I can help to push, a, if I put money to the right people, if I press the right buttons, I can keep this lockdown going a little bit longer, which means that a larger percentage of the population is coming to my store instead of anybody else's store. That's, I wouldn't even be surprised if that was happening. That's the kind of stuff that I just, you know, people are good at, there are people who are good at doing that. I don't think it's a concerted effort by all big businesses to do that. I think it's each individual CEO or conglomerate or group or batch of investors or whatever that are, they're making their buck and we're all suffering for it. So I think that on, on the incline into COVID regulations and COVID safety and all this stuff, I still think that it was a genuine effort to save lives. But now that we're coming down or should be coming down, I think that's falling to the wayside a little bit, both on a big business sense and in a governmental sense. So explain I'm your sure reaction to the AstraZeneca thing, though. The AstraZeneca thing, oh boy. Okay, that gets into into faith in vaccines a little bit. But in the case of AstraZeneca specifically, and its due date being extended, there's two possibilities as I see it. One possibility being exactly what Tim lined out or, or laid out, which is that they're just bending rules all over the place. Best before date it's supposed to be a best before date. On the flip side, I think a best before th this is the optimistic idea. Uh, a best before date doesn't really exist necessarily directly for the safety of people. I think most best before dates exist to insulate a company from lawsuits. I don't. I I think like kind of like a similar idea to Tim Hortons or or McDonald's telling you that the coffee is hot, so that if you burn yourself with the coffee, you can't sue them. The Lay's chips are probably not dangerous the day after their best before date, or a month after, or probably a year after, but just in case, they're going to put the best before date before that so that if somebody gets sick after a bag of chips, they can't say, oh, it's a day after, and sue them. I think AstraZeneca is probably in the same field. The company that produces it takes the shortest possible frame to list as its best use date, 
and either someone's bending the rules to stretch it or the government has since looked into it and said, you know what, we're pretty confident that it's actually safe a little bit longer. I couldn't well, say which it is. There's, there's the word that, that yeah. doesn't sit really well with me. I'm pretty confident. You know what? I'm pretty confident that I will eat mm. that bag of chips a week after it. And I'm pretty confident I'm not going to get sick from it. I just, yes, like, I'm, but... I, I'm appalled by it. I truly am that our government will sit there and tell you that it's okay. How much testing did they do, Will? I don't know. Up until yesterday, okay. they, their best before date was going to be at the okay. end of the month. So, and this morning, all of a sudden, 12 hours later, oh, I can test it in 12 hours and all of a sudden it's good for another month. So I'm, I'm going to use a little, a, a wee little metaphor here. Um, how much, so, so Tim, how much testing do we do at the trust plant that I, that I work for Mallory at to make sure our trusses are good? Do you know you how much testing it? goes on? No, the engineer does that. Correct. Well, and he did that. We also, we also have checks in place, but you don't know how many, cause you don't build trusses. This, this right. is not a knock against you. It's just, this is the metaphor. You no, don't know I, how I many tests it. are involved because you're not the one building the trusses. Uh, me, you know, a week ago, knew diddly squat about building trusses. I didn't, I didn't know bugger all. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that the people who are making... Hold on, I'm going to wager to say that a week later, you still don't. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I still can't get my plate straight, but... Um, well, you I know would... more than you did a week ago. Yes. But I'm just saying that the yes. people who are generate who are making these vaccines, at least on the honest side, I can't speak for the people that are probably on the fringe of this trying to fleece people, whether it's in owning a patent for the vaccines, whether it's in the distribution, whether it's individual farm like pharmaceutical companies pushing their vaccine over other vaccines, et cetera. I can't speak to them. But to the scientists that are designing them and testing them, I'm going to assume that they know a whole lot more about testing these things. And because of the num the amount of paperwork and the amount of scrutiny that they're under for these vaccines, I'm going to assume, not assume, I'm going to believe that there is a lot of scrutiny and that they are passing some base level of scrutiny. Right. Would I still pick AstraZeneca as my first choice for a vaccine? Hell no. I, it's the last choice because of that. So I want to come back a little bit on this, Will, because I do think, and I'm going to, Talk about role reversal. These vaccines are so new. These mm -hmm. vaccines are, are so... The science is evolving. And I'm not a fan of Fauci or some of the scientists on TV, although I am a fan of science. Mm -hmm. And one of the things with, with a new product, and all of the vaccines are new products, the... The learning about the science is evolving. And so I can give a little bit of grace when science says, hey, we can extend the expiration date. Where I put my hat on is when the government says, hey, we can extend the expiration date. And the reason we can extend the expiration date is because we want to open up. And yes. we can open up. If we get a whole bunch of people with vaccines, we can open up. And so yeah. if we extend that expiration date and the government is saying that, I have to question the motives. That's incredibly valid. And I would, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I look at you, Mallory, and your business 
Hello, Mallory. <laughs> it's catching on. I, Tim said something two weeks ago that was so real, and it's true of just about anything. Follow the money. Follow mm. the money. And we're talking about science. We're talking about... Think about it. Extend the vaccine's expiry date by a month. Do you don't think that just made somebody billions of dollars? I'm sure it did. <laughs> oh, just, just, just mentioning. But who's going to take that stuff and get rid of it? Why? It's it, it's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Well, and then it'll we, also help for the fourth wave that's going to hit this fall, Valerie. Well, fifth wave. We already hit the fourth. It's, it's happening oh, have, now. I thought we're on the fourth. Hasn't come up yet, has it? Oh, I thought we just read about it this morning, the fourth wave. Didn't we oh, just okay. read about that, David? It is right here. I know about Whoa. about as much about math as I do about, you know, vaccines. So I don't know which wave we're on. Canada may so, see fourth wave if they're not careful. Okay, so, so you're right, Tim. There's the proverbial carrot, you know, that, that's being snatched. We'll throw that out in front of you. We're going to open up, but only if. Only if you follow the rules, Mallory, that you, yep. everybody is a good little follower and we all get vaccinated to 60% or 65%, yep. then we'll hit phase two and then we'll be at 70%. So it's just, they're going to put, oh, you know what? You guys were only at 66%. We needed 70%. So only two more weeks, we're going to have to extend this lockdown. This, this, this is where, this is where we get into a bit of a fundamental, not disconnect, but I think this is where part of the rift is going to show up between myself and all present company is what's the alternative. If, if we, if, if so I'm going to use myself as an example, if I think that COVID is still a significant threat, whether it be COVID or COVID variants, I'm not going to differentiate between them for the sake of this discussion. But if I think that COVID is, is still a valid threat, Currently, the two options that we see on play in North America is Canada's carrot on a stick method or the United States just kind of, well, now the vaccine's here, so kick the doors open and everyone go back. And everyone is prompt, or not everyone, but a very large percentage of people are promptly throwing all these health guidelines out the window. So if anything went wrong, whether it's a variation, whether it's people not being vaccinated enough, it's just inviting more problems. And so it's kind of a catch 22 where no matter which way you do it, bad things are going to happen. It's either going to screw over the economy on one hand, or it's going to potentially risk a lot of lives on the other hand. And so I'm not saying which way is right. I don't necessarily think there is a right answer per se. This is why it's tricky. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not so good at finding a solution, but it's 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 like a, it's an impossible situation. So is it impossible if everybody has access to the vaccine? Is it impossible? Not everyone has access to it in Canada though. Well, which is aggravating. It's like, been made available to everybody over you, the age of, well, of 12. In Ontario, if you're it's still hard to get the vaccine if you're under 60 when I left. You have to have a special health condition that validates you getting it or special work or something like that. Most healthy people under the age of 60 still couldn't get it when I left Ontario here in, in, in Fort St. John and BC, I can get it. I just got to fill up. I just got to set up an appointment and go get it. 
But there are places in, in Canada, high population places, that are still struggling, struggling just to do the bare minimum in terms of vaccine distribution, which is, this is where I'm going to take a big steamy growler on the government. It's pathetic. It's like, for me, as a progressive person, I am so infuriated at my government, at their absolute inability with all the money that the world pumped into making this vaccine and making it available, and the number of doses that were shipped out all across the world. And Canada seems to have the vaccine distribution rate of a rock. Well, hey, it's, it's, it's okay. Because... It's okay, Will. You don't worry about it. They're just extended. They're going to extend the, <laughs> the, the valid use time of a vaccine so we can get more of them out there. Because otherwise it would have expired. We shouldn't have had to, to extend anything. We should so, have just gotten the vaccine out there. I do want to, I want to push on that a little bit because let's use BC as an example. Mm-hmm. There is no limit right now, except for time for vaccinations. And yet, the whole push is we need more people vaccinated. And there is n- mm-hmm. there is no allowance for saying, I'm okay if I get sick with COVID. I don't think I'm going to. I've had it. I'm but good. We've, we've had this moral debate on the podcast before. Is you saying that is one thing, but you risking giving it to somebody who couldn't get vaccinated. But everybody in BC has access now, we're saying. So More when they have access, why do we really care? Because it really is choice then. That's a very valid point as to why the lockdowns are ridiculous. Because I, I want to, I should probably back a lot up and and say that I'm on the boat that the vac, that the current lockdown restrictions in BC are kind of stupid. Maybe for different reasons, but I think they are stupid. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to come up with some people thinking like, "Wow, he still thinks the lockdown's good." No, no, I don't. I don't criticize it for necessarily the same reasons or in this, well, then, the same ferocity, right but I still to- criticize it. We can go right back to where we started the conversation. The lockdowns have hurt small business. The economy Absolutely. is its going to take years and years for this to, to, to play out. Like it, this year, this year is done for the tourism association. Like you look at Vancouver for some unknown reason, the cruise ship industry is back up and running in the U S and is bypassing hmm. Victoria and Vancouver. Billions of dollars are being pumped into that economy, and yet Horgan and our federal government will not allow a cruise ship to stop because they're going to keep us safe. Because they couldn't get us vaccinated to begin with, amongst other the, reasons. This is the opening and plan for business, and I want to notice that one of these has to do with restaurants, or a number of them have to do with restaurants. And restaurants have been hit so incredibly hard any hard. food industry oh, they've has been brutalized been hammered and right now our bars even open and if they are you can only be open until 10 and now in june you'd be open until midnight Ooh-hoo-hoo. what is party the... hardy. and we have people who look at bonnie henry and want to give her the order of canada for crying out loud yeah. for handling this and she is She's a hypocrite. She owns a friggin' winery herself. That's not that a joke, Will. It's it. actually she was nominated for the Order of Canada. I, I know. I'm I'm <laughs> hanging because I'm like, what idiot thought that was a good idea? So, Mallory, I do want to ask you, as you haven't said much tonight, but how has the regulation like altered you your workplace and your work environment? Have you had to do anything 
for COVID? Uh, yes. Yeah. We're, we've, we've complied. We've made uh, hand sanitizer available. We do a, a uh, employee check list every morning that we have to ask, is anyone showing any symptoms that are listed on a sheet on the hanging on the door? If they are, we can't ask them which ones. They don't have to disclose that. Um, we can uh, hold on. I want to push back for one moment. So you don't, yeah. you're not allowed to get to ask them you know, which of the, no. of the symptoms. Because you, you can't ask them for medical information. And yeah. yet, and yet if, if you want to go to a Vancouver hockey game in August, you have to prove that you have been vaccinated and you, yeah. that's not asking. That's ah loopholes, baby. Okay. Okay. I, I just want, <laughs> I just want to interrupt you. Will. yeah. Or Mal, go on, Mallory. You can continue. Yeah. So we've done those things. Um, I, there, we have to look at what we consider. I know this is recorded. We, we consider the biggest threats uh, to the safety of our employees. And we think it's um, in our shop. It's obviously we work with pneumatic staplers and nailers. Uh, so eye protection, ear protection is much more important to me than them wearing masks because they may pass by within the social distancing guidelines. So uh, we couldn't wear masks and eye goggles or eye safety glasses at the same time because they were steaming up and it was creating such. And so we've eased back on the mask requirement. I just asked them to be conscious of their social distance, but in reality... Um, we've completely cross paths. We've completely yeah. cut down on makeout sessions on the table. That's there's no more kissing coworkers. It's really unfortunate. So this yeah. is going yeah. back to one of your conversations a little bit earlier, William and Mallory. Right. I'm just going to throw this up on the screen as it. I think it is valid. You can read that out loud, Will, since you. Okay. It's going to be in the podcast. China is on track to have its population of millionaires doubled by 2025. Chinese investors are very interested in bringing more money to Canada in a few years when we need it most. I mean, I would think that would apply to every investor, not just Chinese investors. When Canada but, is going to be in the crap, investors are going to want to jump on it. But it makes you wonder if there isn't a play here for people who have money in China as there is an easy door into Vancouver that gets been known for years that that is an well, easy yeah. bridge point. Is there a play for for some of the of the COVID related industries to say, hey, there's going to be an opportunity in BC? That's the kind of big business exploitation of the wind down from COVID that I wouldn't be surprised by. I, like that's, that's I, a prime I, example of it. I wanted, I wanted to say something, one, one more thing, though, because, Chess, we, I may not, again. Um, we were talking originally about small business, and um, Will had made some comments about um, there was a time where people who had a, a, just a, a normal blue-collar job could buy a home, have a few vehicles, and, and that's um, difficult to do, he said. And uh, because we're talking about small business, I, I, I'm sure this doesn't, uh, it's not a surprise to him, but, you know, there may be someone who thinks about it, that small business is, makes up a, the backbone of the industry. Um, Absolutely. And 
But I'll tell you what, the, the same guy who signs Will's check is the same guy who was sitting in the shop last night till 10.30 working. Oh, absolutely. Trying to get things done. He'll be there again tomorrow working oh. to try to get some invoicing done. This is not a... I, I'm not disputing anything, but small business faces the same thing. In order for a small business to be successful, we have to work so hard oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. To, to, make it, to make it happen. Like your business is an example of you treating your employees better than the status quo or better than the, the, the minimum required. You pay us better and treat us better than any major corporation would. So that, 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 that comment at it being harder to do on a $40 or a 40 hour work week is, I, I apologize if it, no, 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 it's on you. No, I don't mean more, it. Yeah, I didn't I take think that, that way. It, like the, the people who are working on like a minimum wage esque job. Yeah etc yeah. that for them to own a house and have yeah. a car is nigh impossible you don't pay us minimum wage because you treat your employees substantially better than that but the, well, i guess my point is is that um I'm, I'm just in the same boat one of my employees is in you know yeah. i'm trying to you know pay a mortgage i'm trying to pay off a truck yeah. i'm trying to you know i it's the same kind of a thing but it's it falls even on those who sign the checks oh, absolutely if not harder to, to make this work yeah, like, like you work. guys were saying, it's it's not just a matter of you have your business, you work hard, you do well. You have so many more hoops to jump through. Yeah, yeah. This is still have yeah. to work hard to make money. Like it's it's not like it's hoops instead of the hard work. It's hoops and the hard work and the extra hours. When I think of Tim's daughter and and, and son-in-law and what, the industry that they're in and how challenging it is, I've been very fortunate. Our business well is 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 doing fine, mm -hmm. but. We, we have to deal with some, you know, the, the, the impact of the economy and, the, and all the inflation thing. Yeah. But we're not having the direct impact like Tim's family is. And I, and I, it, it's, that, that would be a lot tougher uh, mm -hmm. when you've invested time and money well, and, and, and into and thank it. you for saying that, you know, Mallory, but you know, we got involved with the tourism industry and at the yeah. time, you know, five years ago, it was robust. It was, you know, Canada wanted everybody to come and, and, you know, welcome you with open arms. And, you know, we thought at the time it was a untouchable because we uh, was involved mm -hmm. in the oil and gas industry and we're tired of that, you know, cyclical, yep. you know, up and down yep. roller coaster ride. Um, all mm -hmm. of a sudden COVID hits and Bonnie Henry and the government shut everybody down and you can't travel within your own province, let alone within your own health region. Like, yeah. You know, and, and people have taken that to heart like no other. I have never seen a group of people like the populace to abide by rules so great. You, it, it's, un, it's uncanny down here. Like it is just people won't come out of their houses for crying out loud. Like it's the fear has been deeply rooted. And I now they're talking on the on the news about. There, there could be post-traumatic stress disorders because people are afraid to come out of their homes. Literally. We're, we're having a whole Deadly serious, mental yeah. issue. You know, we're going to have mental problems with the population for years and years and years to come. Who's going to pay for this? That's like, not even getting you know, into I, developmental yeah. issues. Like I've been noticing no, with, like with meeting my niece for the first time. Uh -huh. Yeah, meeting my niece. My niece was born right at the beginning of the pandemic. She doesn't meet new people. 
And so no. meeting me, I mean, admittedly it's the first time she's met me, but meeting me for the first time, she's terrified. She won't come well, you're close getting to me. Social, socially inept in people. Yeah. And so the developmental issues for not only infants, but, you know, kids all the way up, even some adults who are still working on adapting and evolving their social skills. And I it think on, got... on the last on the last one that we're talking about, I've I seen on the news that this person living in a 600 square foot apartment, her and her partner in Vancouver, have literally sequestered themselves in that apartment for over a year. They have mm -hmm. went out onto their deck. They've ordered and skipped the dishes. They've ordered in all their food. They've collected their serve. They've paid all their bills online or whatever. And they are now to the point where they're afraid to go outside. Like, mm -hmm. what kind of society are we going to have? A different you one, know, I it, think, whether oh, we like it or not. I don't know. It's a, it's a different world out there, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about the lighting in here, Dave. I, I well, know it's all good. Uh, well, I'm talking it about was, lighting, Tim. You look great. It was a lot brighter outside when I first started the, the podcast here. But. It's one of the, uh, the things about COVID, which is it's brought out the worst in some people and the best in others. One of the things I say is that for years I hated going into Chinese restaurants because they're always so dirty. I'll go into any restaurant now as they have to be so clean. Like tables are wiped in between guests and they didn't have to be before. Now they, they lift everything, they wipe it. I love the clean tables in restaurants now. Now you guys in Canada aren't allowed to eat at restaurants yet. So, but uh, as of, as of this week, we can, oh, I did go. today actually. It's one of the things that, that there are good sides, and I say that facetiously, but but there is a uh, but there is an argument for for government, and I'm going to put my hat on again. For government is has never, if you gave it power, it never relinquished it. In history, they have never released any power they've been given, and we are watching with COVID where people are are just nodding and saying to government, oops, there goes the foil hat. Yes, okay. Exposed. It's okay for you to do whatever it is you want. And I see it in Canada a lot more than I see it in the U.S. And it's, mm -hmm. it's frightening to me that we just accept that this is okay, and Canadians especially, I mean, are just... Saying yes, Bonnie Henry. Oh, yes, Bonnie yep, Henry. Yes, yep. Bonnie Henry. And she can do whatever she wants right now, and there is no pushback except from people that they call the fringe, or conspiracy and, theorists. Right, and I don't think it's all conspiracy theory people. I think it's people who are concerned because historically, a government has never handed its power back. Push the power ever. Ah, I agree. It's been taken back. And that usually it results, it's a result of, of a, war a war or a civil or a war or something, you know, a revolution a of some sort. So I look at this, and this is my concern with COVID and the regulations, and really with small business, is when I look at you guys in Canada, you are taking it on the chin, like in a huge way. It's horrible. And I look at the effects of that and thinking, how long is it until, you know, what we really need is a CERB every month. And so every business is going to get a portion of the payroll for their employees. And businesses are going to get so used to that that 
you know, they're just going to say, okay, oh, we'll take the government's well, money. This is where we're headed. Universal basic income. I think this is where Canada is headed. I truly do. I was talking to a banker earlier this week. Um, we had a pretty good conversation as we are like this, and it was on a, on a WebEx meeting. And we started talking, got a little off topic, and very intelligent person. And he stated to me that the majority of Canadians are $178 away from going bankrupt per month. Not yeah. per week, per month. So I am, like, I, I've never considered myself brilliant, but I thought I was, you know, reasonably smart. I just don't know where this is headed. Like, we're in a, in a, in a quandary, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I won't uh, argue with you. I'll, I'll reference you to our episode on the rich getting richer. <laughs> There's yeah. a link for the podcast. <laughs> Put a link in the description down below if you remember. There's um, some... there uh, just recently uh, uh, one of our local companies who who has been taking advantage of some of the government funding that's been made available to help us get through this, especially with regards to workers. Um, I just learned that one of their salespersons was was let go. Uh, because COVID and, and, and all the associated uh, lack of sales calls and the inability to go out in the field anymore. And so he was uh, terminated. His, his position was terminated. And, and I was thinking to myself, but this is the same company that's, that, uh, that's taken advantage of um, this income assistance, uh, wage and salary assistance. And, and instead of it, going to the actual people that work for the company, they, they didn't, they were using it for other purposes and they were still shedding what they felt were um, ineffective employees. That kind of stuff sort of um, is disappointing to hear. If, if you took money to be a part of some of these programs, it should be used for those. I, I think. No, not, I think you're absolutely right. But, the The yeah. purpose of that money was to hold on to employees to keep them employed, and obviously it, they're not doing that with it. It was to help the business be able to do that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. So, David, tell me this. I'll try. How many yes. weeks or is it months now that Texas has been wide open? They opened up in March, oh, I believe. But they're built different. What do you mean by that? Like, yes, oh, that was sarcastic. That, because, that was definitely sarcasm, yes. <laughs> because I'd like to know their rate of infection in, in Texas. They seem to be going wide open. And like I said to you before the podcast, tomorrow is Memorial Day in, in the United States and the Indianapolis 500 is running listening to a broadcast on the sports channel today, they're going to have, I think it was between 160 or 180,000 spectators in the stands tomorrow. That is, that blows my mind. Yeah. Indianapolis. That, that many people care about a race. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist, but so, I'm, I'm right with you. But it's, yet, but yet crazy. here we are in, in Montreal today. 
where you can only sit seat two people, three rows apart, sitting with their mask on to watch a hockey game. Like where where where's the logic here? There is like, this is the this is the first time that I can literally say, and I'm 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 probably gonna regret saying it, that I'm envious that the United States has opened up their economy. And like I said the last show, maybe I'm too off the, the charts here that I'm pro business. I'm pro we we need to get the economy going or, or we're we're in a we're gonna sink this this country. I, w- I want to, I want to have my my last blurb on the on this wonderfully lighthearted episode be a joke. <laughs> so, as a past Ontario resident, I feel like it's my my duty to inform you that the the social distancing in Montreal has nothing to do with COVID. That's for the smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one, Will. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. So I'm just going to. I'm going to yank up a uh, an article here. So uh, this is COVID <clears throat> in the U.S. This is the rate of COVID from March 8th of last year. You can see the... We're going to look at Canada as I'm curious. And I haven't done this yet, so we're doing this live on the fly. We're doing it live. So this is Canada's. You know, it didn't... There's not as much of a drop-off in between the two. But there's a fair bit of drop-off there between those. And yet, we sit there, or you sit there in Canada, and you say, the majority of people are behind your prime minister and behind your health ministers. I would never go that far. You wouldn't say that? I Sorry. Read the comments you, on Facebook. Read sorry, the I, I, should, I should say... According to polls done in Canada, like large-scale polls, technically the majority do support COVID restrictions, but not necessarily how the federal government is handling COVID. Those are kind of independent. I don't know how much people... So I've I've seen the polls on people supporting lockdown. It's like 53% in support. I want to say about... 10% 10% are ambivalent and the rest are uh, against the, that, that's a rough, I'm trying to remember it. I can't remember the exact polling, but I don't know anyone. Like I don't know anyone progressive or otherwise that actually is happy with how the federal government has handled the pandemic. I know nobody. You know, Will, you only have to look for. at the comments on Facebook. And that is my unofficial poll is reading the comments on Facebook is usually get a smattering of both sides of any argument. Yeah, but they're commenters on Facebook. Yes, except it's the common people. It's the you and me and Mallory and Tim people who are doing this. It's not the scientists. It's the people in the street. And when you look at the comments for the pastor in Alberta, for the screaming pastor or for the pastor who who is not screaming, or you read the comments about you know the people who go on holidays and who are mad at being locked in a hotel for, for a week while they're waiting on a negative of a test, and the comments are then, well, you shouldn't have traveled. You knew that was wrong. You shouldn't have traveled. It's the majority of Canadians are saying yes every time I a health you, minister Dave. or a premier or, or your prime minister. Bonnie Henry or whatever, yeah. Yeah, they say, oh, you must know. We're going to follow the science. And the science 
is being manipulated. And I, I think we see that when we extend the, the expiration date. When we look at some, and you look at the Texas and the Florida and some of the other areas, and they they removed all the all the lockdown and cases are going down. And there are scientists now, and I just was reading yesterday, there are scientists now who say this is the progression of a virus like this, is that it does, does over time, it will decrease as there's just not many more hosts. And well, you yeah, wonder, I mean, certain hosts never would have yeah. taken in the first place. Some people build up an immunity because they've, yeah. up, they've brushed up against it, and so metaphorically it, speaking. It just when I look at small business in Canada, there's my cat. I think all of you are being taken for a ride, and some like you and your business in the shoe shop there, Tim, is taking it on the chin, and Mallory oh. is finding it's hitting him in the supply department, you know, and getting his <laughs> plates and getting his lumber. Where's the price of lumber now, Mallory? You know what? <laughs> you know what? We just purchased lumber yesterday, and it was the first time in probably three months where the price did not go up. It actually plateaued. It's it's uh, that's a first. Uh, it didn't come down, but it plateaued there. So for so those who are a, listening, what's the ratio, or what's the price some, like, like a year ago? Some a of it's ago? up a thousand percent. Well, like looking at well, OSB sheets, it's ten times what it used to be. Or yeah, we're close to. Yeah, we're we're talking um, the cost of lumber's more than tripled in a couple of years. So in a year, it's more than doubled. So it's yeah, it's it's quite an increase. So what is the uh, what's the effect on housing? <laughs> That's a whole other episode, David. It's, yeah, it's because like, like it's I, not think, just lumber. It's not just lumber. We we were talking about cans just in order to put beer in them and yeah. the aluminum that you need to do that. I it goes back so far we can't order teleposts to support. I, I feel beans. like this. I feel like this needs to be a recurring segment on the on on the podcast. We'll we'll call it the COVID files or something. God, I like that. Name. And even if it's not just the four of us, just. The consi- I, I would like to see a timeline as things change, as they evolve. I'm interested to I see if great. Tim's right, because I think, I think I genuinely believe or will not be surprised if Tim was right with his previous podcast prediction of uh, another lockdown happening before the next long weekend. I won't be surprised if that happens, and I won't be I'm impressed if all. it happens. And so the housing and costs and product availability would be a great topic. Well, just so we'll dig in, like, look at look what Go they've ahead. done to to uh, Manitoba. Manitoba's locked right down, hmm. and here we are in British Columbia. We're starting to open up. But three weeks ago, Alberta had the largest what was it percent positivity rate, and they're opening up quicker than we are. There, there's no consistency. It's because Albertans are built different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So part of part of the reason I I wanted to be a part of this because we're going to talk small business and and one of the things that and I, I what I want to hear more that what are small business what is available to them and, and you know my encouragement 
and and I just listened to Tim to, to hear what his daughter and them are doing. For we have to improvise, and so to look at another stream of revenue when one is taking a kick, um, then that's what you have to do because we we have to uh, adapt and, and drop back. But it's 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 entrepreneurialism. It's, it's exactly. what a, a true entrepreneur yeah. does. When one yeah. is going down, we have to diversify. We have to look at other revenue streams yeah. to make it work. But that's, that's where right. it comes into play again. Is in, And that's where I started. Then all of a sudden, the, the governmental constraints, the bureaucracy and, and everything else comes into play. No, can't do this. Can't do that. You have to do yeah. this. Can't do that. We're fighting for our lives here. I know. And, and that's, you know what, what I, that's what being in business is, Tim. Now, that's what it's become. And, and I'm glad to hear that that's what you guys are doing. And, and for, for Brittany and her husband, that's exactly what we have to do. I'm fighting for my life, and I'm, I'll fight to the death for my what? business and for the people that work for me. And, and it's, my, it's, it's my advice. It's what I would counsel any small business person is if you run into a wall, then, man, you, you climb it. If you, run, if you run into a puddle, swim it. You do what it takes to make it work. On my on my screen, I've got it's called uh, uh, closing your business, pausing or closing your business. They actually have a website on the government to help us deal with these closing COVID your, your, people. Yeah, yeah, and I'm they're thinking, more happy to help you to close it than than to yeah. help and assist you. Like, and this is what what is so frustrating with small business. We try to diversify. We're, we're licensed. We're doing everything the right way. You're going in, you're looking for the permits. You're, you're, you're getting all the approvals to do it, but oh no, you can't do it. And then we come back to the interpretation part again. Well, because somebody says, oh, I interpreted that, that wording. No, you can't do that. And then you have to go to through court processes and and filings and it's asinine. It's absolutely asinine. So I'm looking at the steps for opening Mallory. And can I think I want to have you guys on again in July as we're going to be in phase Mm. three on the 1st of July. So I I think, I think I want to, I want to book you guys back because there's a whole bunch of topics here, which I think, I think that we could go down. I agree. Which are important. So I'm I'm going to book you guys again in July because I think that's going to be, hopefully most of your businesses are going to be open in July. If you guys have been good in BC and made Bonnie Henry happy. <laughs> well, don't, Thanks, Dave. don't she do accepts it our the, sacrifices. Don't do it around the first. Cause I'll be camping. No, it'll be after the first. And if it's lucky, I'll be in the shoe swap camping. Yeah. <laughs> Come visit me. Yeah, I Not will, that we need a, an excuse to talk to you guys, but we'd like to have a, a valid reason to. Yeah. So we're going to, as there's a number of topics here at the end, which we have touched on the supply and demand and housing. Mm-hmm. And I got, the shoe swap, the sale of homes is through the roof. And there's a whole yeah. bunch of topics here which are COVID-related, and yet how they relate is a mystery. And yeah. we, need to, we need to dig into that. So we'll, it's been an hour and a half, guys. Wow. It's been fun. Wrap her up. Yeah, Goes we should quick. Wrap, we should Goes wrap quick. this up. And um, Mikhail has added... In a comment, he would like to hear us discuss the global dominance, or the dominance global of global corporation, on, on the next one of these episodes. That's a little above our pay grade, but we might try. We'll bring in experts <laughs> like Tim and Mallory. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So yes, yeah, so the thanks guys for coming on and right, William. Thank you. Have you got any wise words of wisdom for our listeners? Stay safe and don't die. Hang on, guys. Don't go away yet. See you, guys. <laughs>